This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest today is Maeve McEnany. How you doing, Maeve? Great. How are you? Okay. Maeve McEnany is going to take us on a history tour of Albany, which is actually part of her job to research and present tours. Maeve McEnany is the Education and Heritage Coordinator at the Albany Visitor Center. I had a chance to take one of her tours with friends from the Amsterdam Free Library, where I'm part of their Amsterdam Reads program. We had had a discussion of a history novel written by Robin Oliveira called Winter Sisters, set in the late 1800s in Albany, and Maeve McEnany researched that topic for our very own tour. And what was downtown Albany like almost, what, 150 years ago? Yeah, I, the thing that strikes me so much as we look at the structure of the city, uh, particularly on our tour, which is that lower downtown, State Street and below, I love that our footprint is so similar. You know, while we have had buildings um, change and shift, but at the same time, when we were walking on Broadway, we were walking the same streets that the characters from the books would have walked. Or we talked about, um, you know, when Abraham Lincoln had visited Albany, These, this was the footprint. You can actually trace where he would have walked. Um, so while the architecture, we still are, are lucky enough to have some of our, our older buildings, uh, but the, you know, architectures and style change, but that footprint to me, you can even trace it back to the 1600s to Fort Orange. I just find that incredible. It is. I mean, I hate to, you know, be sort of a, I don't know if it's being a nitpicker or what, but I used to work for the state university at, uh, in the downtown location yeah. at the system administration. And I don't know if you remember when they built SUNY system administration, a parking garage. Mm-hmm. They discovered, I'll never forget, there was, what was her name, Karen Hartgen, the arch- architect yeah. or the ar- yeah. archaeological researcher. She's told, for some reason, I got the uh, bid to go to the meeting where she was going to explain what she had found. And she said, Ladies and gentlemen, we have uncovered the 16th century. Or yes. the 17th, well, anyway. 17th, yeah. 17th century. I've made that mistake, mistake too, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> the 17th century. Yeah. And the thing was, that where Broadway, where where SUNY Central and now the Dormitory Authority and so forth are, that was still the harbor then, or that was the waterfront. And that's yeah. what they uncovered, was that, you know... Yeah, if, if we're talking near... Um, so there, there's where SUNY Plaza uh, was being built, uh, and by where I uh, work, which is the Albany Visitor Center on the corner of Clinton and Broadway, there's the parking garage where they found the old rum distillery, the Quackenbush <laughs> Rum Distillery, <laughs> which was the, uh, the best-preserved rum distil- distillery from the colonial era, pretty much in the country. Um, and so I also, as the educator, I do tours for all ages. Today I did a tour of second graders, and I remind them as we're walking through Albany, you're walking over history. I mean, if you dig down deep enough, you know, you could find Delft tile. You could find those clay pipes. Uh, they would be all over. Yeah. And maybe I should say a little bit more about you. Maybe you get tired of hearing about this, but but you're from an historic family, really. I am. Yeah, it's uh, it's in my blood. You're a seventh generation Albany native. That's right. 
and and lifelong resident. And the the ones that I know from your family are um, well involved in politics. Like your father was a state assemblyman, correct, John yeah. uh, McEnany? But he also has this lively interest in history. He's written a history book of Albany. Yeah, my uh, he wrote the history book of Albany, Capital City on the Hudson, uh, and uh, he really, you know, he has a wonderful career as a uh, as a politician, as a public figure. But he really, at the end of the day, you ask him, and he says that he's an historian. Uh, even that, he breaks down to say he's a storyteller. <laughs> so, as a child, we would explore Albany. Albany was his playground. Uh, my brother, who's a, a playwright, he even says it was his Narnia. You know, we would just—it was a magical city. But of course, as a child, you know, you have this father who is known for history. So, what would you think I, as a child? Obviously, I was like, oh, no, 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 not history. History's not for me. I'm not into that, right? That's my dad's thing. Right. And so what he would do, though, as we would walk around is he would say, okay, okay, it's not history, but maybe he'd tell a ghost story. And a ghost story, which really at the essence, and I, I, do, um, I wrote what, what I believe is the first ghost tour of the city of Albany, you know, he finds that kind of crux, you know, that's about people. So he would trick us by telling us about people and personalities, and uh, and meanwhile, little did we know, we were learning about the history sure. of this great city. Uh, so I went to school as an English education major, uh, So and I have my master's in English as well. Uh, but when I graduated, I started giving tours with the Albany Aqueducts to just, you know, make a little money. This is a, you know, stopgap. But then I found I really liked it. It mm. was teaching. It was performing, because I have also a theater background. Uh, it was everything I liked, and then I started to uncover the city for my own. Of course, I had the foundation from my father, but to be able to explore and, and discover on my own, and he would fill in the blanks for me. And so he hasn't said, I told you so, <laughs> but that, you know, that of course, that we would discover it. But he always said, you know, my kids had to find it for their own, and, and in my case, I definitely did. Have you ever performed with him? Uh, we have done uh, tours together, uh, and a lot of times we end up like teasing each other. Uh, one of my favorite memories is I used to be a tour guide at the State Capitol building. Mm -hmm. So I was a formal tour guide, but my father would do tours as well for, for special groups. And one time we went into the Senate chamber, and if, you, if anyone has been to the, the, uh, the Senate chamber in the Capitol, um, the acoustics are nearly perfect mm -hmm. to the point where the senators would have to tuck into the fireplaces that didn't work to have a, a private conversation. Well, wouldn't you know, two McEnany's enter. <laughs> uh, there's a balcony on either side. And so what do we do? And with no rehearsal, we tag-teamed it. So I gave one half of the Senate tour, and he gave the other half of the Senate tour. And you would have thought we completely rehearsed it. <laughs> and um, the acoustics were so beautiful, we just had to project, and we were able to fill uh, the whole chamber with our stories. So um, that was a lot of fun. How about that? Yeah. Maeve McEnany with us. Uh, she does tours of Albany. She's the Education and Heritage Coordinator at the uh, Albany Visitors uh, Center. Um, you, you mentioned one tour, and I'm going to ask you about several of the tours that you uh, do. You um, said you did the, as far as you know, the original Albany Ghost Tour. Yeah. What are some of the stops along the way there? 
so that's fun. Um, I've started that tour as a trolley, uh, but currently uh, where that the original Albany Ghost Tour lives is out of Tenbrook Mansion, uh, and we do a pub crawl every October with Historic Albany Foundation and Tenbrook Mansion. So that starts at the very haunted Tenbrook, uh, which was built in 1798, and so we, we spend a bulk of that tour before we start heading downtown just on that building. Uh, so 1798, that's where you had uh, General Abraham Tenbrook, and then later the Alcott family lived there. And so it is a traditional house museum. Uh, their gardens are beautiful. But what the Tenbrook Mansion did a number of years ago is they invited ghost hunters. They invited mm-hmm. ghost hunters, Tri-City New York Paranormal Society, and they have done investigations in there. So uh, it was, at the time, a little controversial. At that point, you know, these ghost hunting shows were just becoming popular. So the idea of a house museum inviting in ghost hunters, um, it, was, it was pretty interesting. But what was so fun about it uh, is I, I actually went to the first reveal is there were strange uh, paranormal images that they would find, you know, smoky women in white in the windows or uh, sh- strange recordings. And what was fun is that in that first crowd, there were people in the audience who lived in the Tenbrook Triangle, or their parents did. And some of these eerie things that the ghost hunters found were suddenly echoed by the people who were in the audience who just sort of assumed the woman in white was folklore. Um, so so we take that kind of story, you know, things that, mm-hmm. yes, we take the fun of the, you know, of the modern ghost hunters, but we also look back to uh, research folklore and we pull in different tour guides, and, and we, we explore downtown Albany. And again, that idea of what's underfoot, you know, some mm-hmm. of your listeners who know Albany history, we're, we're not good about letting the dead rest in peace. <laughs> you know, how we keep digging up cemeteries yep. like in Washington Park and moving the bodies around. So we keep that in mind as well as we're walking what is really under our feet. And I was uh, impressed to see the Tenbrock Mansion on your tour because I worked downtown but I never got that far. I never have oh. actually actually saw it. Oh wow! Oh, it's great. Uh, it's I'm actually, and I'll let you know. I am on I'm on the board of Tenbrook Mansion, uh, so it does have a, a special place in my heart. Uh, but they have been doing things like uh, live theater. Um, so they do Shakespeare in the Garden. Uh, my brother, the playwright, uh, he uh, wrote a play about uh, the Lincoln dress, um, which is another ghost story that's featured on the pub crawl. Uh, it's going to be performed at Siena, but Tenbrook Mansion is hosting a fundraiser in June uh, to hopefully get that play once it performs in Siena to bring it to Romania. So, you know, the thing is, is with historic sites, the House Museum is really reinventing itself. Um, and I'm sure some of your listeners have, have seen that, where these sites that, yes, they have the Revolutionary War history, but it's also making them more community spaces. And Tenbrook Mansion has been really great about that. Mm, well, it's uh, <clears throat> probably necessary to keep going. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And also about moving cemeteries. That even uh, figured in the uh, book that we read in Amsterdam about Winter Sisters, because some of the rich people in the book lived near cemeteries, and they didn't like that. Well, and it struck me, you know, I've been telling that story for over 10 years now. I've been a tour guide for over 10 years. And in my brain, you know, I just had it compartmentalized, which was like there was a cemetery here. And then they dug up the bodies, and then they moved them. And what she captures so well in that book is 
the upheaval in the neighborhoods, right? Mm -hmm. That all of that construction and you have to plant the trees and what trees they chose. So I recently, because it was the Albany Tulip Festival, um, I recently found myself walking through Washington Park, uh, which was so beautiful, and they've done a great job of adding some uh, signage to sort of capture what things would have looked like. And, you know, it's in, practically you know how much thought went into, the, you know, constructing the, the Washington Park, but she just captures, like I said, just that upheaval of what mm-hmm. the people of Albany kind of had to put up with for a little while as they figured out how to squeeze this green space space into a growing city. So it wasn't so much the they didn't want to be by the cemeteries, but they didn't like the, the construction that was building the park. Well, I think from from what I understand is that the it was you know a, a sizable cemetery, and that the you know. Uh, between 20,000 and 40,000 bodies, depending on which historian you talk to. And I've, as I understand that, it was sort of attracting, you know, what we would call today, like, you know, hooligans, like kids would come and, like, hang out there. People would start trouble in there, Um, you know, because I guess it would be an easy place to hide in a cemetery. So I think it was just getting a reputation of, you know, it just it's too close in the city. And again, as I understand it, the popularity of... Uh, you know, uh, um, Central Park in New York City, where mm-hmm. human beings in these cities are naturally trying to reconnect into green space. They want parks. Uh, so I think there was a demand, and there was the cemetery. And as these, you know, the gentry are moving uptown, you know, I think it was just time, and they decided that was the space for it. We'll have more with Maeve McEnany in just a moment, talking about her career as a tour guide and her interest in the history of the city of Albany, Albany, New York, the capital of New York State. You're listening to the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. We depend on your contributions to keep the podcast going. We have a GoFundMe page, gofundme.com forward slash 2019 The Historian's. Or you can send a check, uh, make it out to me, Bob Cudmore, and send to 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Maeve McEnany is with us, Education and Heritage Coordinator of the Albany Visitor Center. Albany is the state capital, as I, as I just mentioned, and as such, comes in for a lot of criticism. I, I've heard the uh, uh, current mayor, uh, Kathy Sheehan, uh, say, you know, the people are always blaming Albany for this, blaming Albany for that. Well, they're really not blaming the city. They're blaming the, the state government. Yeah, yeah, you know. But you know what? It's, it's uh, My thing is, you know, you kind of have to embrace no matter what. I mean, you can say that it's Albany, but any state capital, you know, we're all going to be teased. I mean, I think there's even a line in uh, the movie Lincoln where they tease uh, Albany. Uh, but I don't know. I think it just adds more color and more storytelling because we have people from coming all over the state in and out of here. And, you know, and, and times have changed as well. You know, things that were normal back then, you know, today we're like, how did they get away with that? And it's yeah. kind of the things, the way the things were. Well, uh, at, in uh, the Irish American Heritage Museum uh, at the end of the month in May um, is actually going to, with my father um, and beer historian Craig Gravina, um, they're actually going to be doing a lecture about how like politics and breweries, how Albany was on the cusp of figuring out, because uh, many of our Albany mayors were brewers. And how did that work out? Yes. And Dan O'Connell was sort of involved 
involved in, in prohibition as well. So um, I don't know. For me, as a storyteller, um, I think it just makes some great drama, and we can get lots of great programming out of it. <laughs> well, uh, yes, and I would submit to you a name we haven't mentioned yet, but uh, this focus on uh, Albany as a city of colorful politicians and ethnic groups and, and so forth uh, got a real boost uh, when William Kennedy came back to town and worked for, the, I mean, he was from Albany, but yeah. then worked for the newspaper and started writing books like uh, Iron Weed and Billy Phelan's Greatest Game and, and, and so forth. Yeah, it's um, so where I work at the Albany Visitor Center, we're the tourism promotion agency. So our website is albany.org, and there's a drop down for literary. So I was really lucky that I get to use my degree. I try to use it anywhere I can, um, is I get to work with all these historic sites. And every year we come together and we say, what themes can we talk about? What stories can we tell? And this year, our theme for Albany is literary. And because we have William Kennedy, who, again, when we talk about books that you can walk the streets, I mean, you know, William Kennedy is everywhere. The character of Albany, or see, Albany itself is almost a character. Uh, but it's also Herman Melville's 200th uh, birthday. So, you know, we actually, you can see Melville's home next to McGeary's. And um, there's a club right now, a Moby Dick book club with Historic Albany Foundation and the Writers Institute, which I believe Bill Kennedy started. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, and we we drink a beer that was inspired by uh, Melville and his time here, Melville's wit. And we're reading Moby Dick. So <laughs> not only, I mean, that's the thing. Everybody yeah. goes, ah, politics and this. But Albany is so much more. I mean, we're storytellers. You know, yes, we've got these politicians. And, you know, next year we'll be talking about environmental themes and how the city has figured out um, how to work in their green spaces and then the county as well. I mean, even beyond. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, Albany is so much more. I mean, like I said, you can hear me. I you can get me off on a tangent. That's okay. Talking about and, it. <laughs> I'll, I'll display a little more uh, pretension as I do quite a lot. But I, I was surprised when on the bus when you started talking about Herman Melville because I spent a number of years over in Pittsfield, Mass, and yeah. I thought that's where Hel- Melville wrote Moby Dick was over there. But maybe and that's likely that's likely true. He was a he was a. Basically, I mean, probably up to a teenager, I say a kid, uh, you know, in here in Albany. So his uh, his maternal grandfather is Colonel Gansvort, who was uh, mm-hmm. also made some of his money in brewing. And uh, he was uh, Melville. Herman Melville was born in New York City. But when the family fell on hard times, the mother and the family came back towards her family, where her family was, the Gansvorts. So he has uh, multiple homes. Um, I've talked to the Lansingburg uh, Historical Society, and it does seem like the family was moving quite a bit to escape um, the debtors, like the debt collectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to Albany Boys Academy for a short time, but even that spotty because it's likely they couldn't pay, you know, for the attendance. So you know what I say is because there is an interesting connection. The New Netherland Institute. Uh, does have an interesting story. It's from like the mid to late 1600s, I believe, about a white whale that mm-hmm. came through up the Hudson. And it was very strange because, one, it was a white whale in a river, but then it also 
of the first thunder and lightning of the year appeared. So there's this magic whale. So as the English teacher in me, I always say I do some supposing. You cannot prove this. Mm -hmm. But is it possible Herman Melville, when he was a boy and his father passes away and the family has some hardship, does he find himself going by the docks? Does he find himself listening to sailors' gossip? And did he perhaps overhear the story? Hmm. Now, of course, I can't prove any of that, but, you know, (laughs) it makes for a great tour. (laughs) Maeve McEnany with us, uh, Education and Heritage Coordinator, Albany Visitor Center. What are some of the tricks of the trade of of the tour guide? Say you're on the bus moving through a neighborhood. You often only have a few seconds to point out some historic site. And a yes. walking tour often means walking backwards, which I wouldn't ever be able to do. <laughs> uh, so there's a couple things. I luckily, a lot of tour guides um, learn what I did backwards. Normally they learn how to do a tour uh, on foot rather than, and then go onto the bus. And so they have a very hard time adjusting to that. Because I came from the Albany Aqueducts, which you went right on a bus and you could only get the highlights. So I learned very quickly how to sum up what you're looking at as fast as possible. The other thing that's heartbreaking is on these fast tours is sometimes, because if you go through that red light you were counting on, you miss it. Sometimes a fact that you really want to share, you might not be able to share. Right. And I know how heartbreaking that is as a historian where you say, oh, but that's so crucial. And <laughs> sometimes you have to let it go. Uh, the other thing that I find, though, whether it's a walking tour, whether it's on the bus, is you have to be a listener. So as I'm talking and looking, and if I start to see people's eyes glaze over, even if I think it's the most interesting thing in the world, if they're not interested, I got to move on. I got to find something else at the hook. So for an example, on our tour, we, you know, we're talking about the Winter Sisters, and we stopped at the at the Moses statue at Washington Park. And it happened to be that the tulips were in full bloom. The Albany Tulip Festival had just occurred. So I gave the option, do we want to go out? And they do did. Do not want to go out? <laughs> yeah. and, and we did. But if I just took everybody out and it was cold and it was rainy and, you know, you know, just because I think the tulips are beautiful, that doesn't mean my group were. But luckily, we had a great time. We oh. all went out and got some great pictures. Now, now I get the point. I mean, you didn't say, okay, everybody, we're getting off. You left it up to them. Yes. So, and that's, and that's an important thing. And I think that's where my education background comes into. Again, I'm not traditional. I get very uncomfortable even being called an historian because I just have, I don't have that formal background. Uh, But I do think the background of education that I have has been really important. Uh, Even now at the visitor center that I was hired, and yes, I do the walking tours, but there's a planetarium here, and I do planetarium shows, and I certainly have no science background, (laughs) but I listen to people who are smarter than me. I listen to scientists and other astronomers. I read, and I'm able to kind of boil that down to – kind of digestible inf- digestible information. Um, and I really think just having that background of education uh, has really helped me with tours and, and other programming. Well, and also you're, you're a very good public speaker, I would say. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that goes from my Holy Names days. That's uh, Mrs. Margaret Riley. Uh, we, had, we took basic speech. So at the whole, right. I learned from my high school days. Yeah, in fact, I've heard that na- name of that school. I've known some women who went there. It's called the Academy of the Holy Names. Yes, the Academy of the Holy Names. It's a 
prominent uh, Catholic school in Albany. Yes, and Mrs. Riley taught there for years and years, so I'm sure uh, if you have any alum, they'll go, oh, you know, we know, we know Mrs. Riley, Mrs. M. Riley. Well, just a word about the duck tours. Uh, I believe, wasn't it uh, retired police officer Robert Wolfgang who started this in yeah, Albany? Yeah, Bob Wolfgang. Uh, and I owe a lot of my career to Bob Wolfgang because, you know, I was hired to do uh, just the regular tour. And mm-hmm. I liked it. And I was getting good reviews. And then I start working in the office, and I seem to be doing pretty well there. And we also, they had trolleys. And I was given a lot of creative freedom to go to them and say, I have this idea could I try doing this tour? And they would say yes. And that's how the original Albany Ghost Tour came about. It was an idea I actually had when I was a kid because my father told me so many ghost stories. I actually said to him as a kid, like, shouldn't there be a tour? And so I had this thing percolating in my head for years and years. And they said, okay, go for it. You know, and and we'll give you the support. We'll give you a vehicle. So I owe a lot to the having the opportunity under under Bob to just really... Mm -hmm. Go for it, right? To just like, yeah. here you go. Like, let's, if you want to do that, but you got to write it, here's the guides. And these were amphibious vehicles. They went into the water at some point. Yeah, they the did. Tour. They were they were uh, on land and they went down into the river. Now, they, do they do that anywhere in the country anymore? Or is that uh, not? Boston. Boston, I think, is the, the last one that I heard uh, yeah. that's still doing it. But they did it in Albany for a number of years. Yeah, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. <laughs> Indeed. Um, also, I mentioned Bill Kennedy, another a boost for City of Albany tourism, I'm going to say oddly enough, is uh, this focus on Alexander Hamilton because he married an Albany woman. That's right. Yes, he married Eliza Schuyler at the, uh, at the, at the Schuyler Mansion. So uh, what happened was, of course, we had this smash musical, right? So all these people are going to Schuyler Mansion but these house museums, it's, you can't accommodate all these folks. So they're partnered with uh, Schuyler Mansion, partnered with the Albany Institute, which will be doing a Schuyler Sisters program. Uh, we also, Albany Rural, uh, will be highlighting uh, Peggy Schuyler, who's buried there. Tenbrook Mansion has a recording from Dirk Tenbrook, who uh, was there uh, at the deathbed of Hamilton. And you can visit me down at the Visitor Center, and we have a walking tour brochure that you can take, and you can self-guide or take one of the tours of Historic Albany Foundation. Yeah, tell us more about the Albany Visitor Center. I must confess, I didn't go in when we had a a bathroom break when we got there. But uh, what is that? And where is it? So again, we're on the corner of Clinton and Broadway. We're open seven days a week, and we have a nice little exhibit and museum and, of course, a gift shop. So we encourage people who are coming to Albany, visit us first, because, of course, we've got the brochures. We have really knowledgeable frontline staff who can find out. The first question we ask anyone is, well, what do you like, right? Because, again, I could tell you, you know, oh, I love the Capitol, and you're like, yeah, I don't know, I'm not really into that. You know, find out what you want to do. Uh, but then we have the history exhibit, and that can walk you through, gives you a good crash course Albany history. Uh, I do walking tours. Uh, so we have a ch- children's one, Wild Tales, a Dutch tour, an architecture tour, and every third Saturday, a planetarium show. So that's a lot to digest, but if you go on our website, albany.org, and look for the visitor center, discover Albany Visitor Center, and you can see all of our programming that we're doing. Mm. Getting back to your dad, I remember him telling me once that he thought one of the reasons 
politics was such a big thing in Albany. I mean, it's the state capital, but you know, it is maybe even bigger than you would think it would be. Is because there's no uh, like NBA team in Albany, and no major league base, baseball team. I mean, there are sports That's teams, funny. and people are devoted yeah, to them. Yeah, we got the Albany Empire. We got a football team. Right? Yeah, we got yeah. that going. So, um, but yeah, no, that that sounds like a very Jack Mack in any statement. <laughs> Indeed. Um, do you? Uh, expect you'll be doing this for a long time, or what do you think? Oh, I hope so. Um, I will say in this position, uh, which I never thought if you asked me like three or four years ago, I'm having more fun finding other tour guides and finding other historians and finding a vehicle for them to present. So, for example, the ghost tour, which got too big for me to do by myself, uh, I have a Lincoln historian who does it, uh, somebody who focuses on 19th century murders, believe it or not, in Albany, uh, somebody who knows more about colonial and it's finding vehicles for them to tell different things that maybe I'm not as interested in, but they know how to present it, and you get a different view of the city. Um, again, Craig Gravina, the beer historian, we do walking tours about breweries and lectures. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually finding more satisfaction now. I love the tours. I hope I can do them forever. But I'm really enjoying finding some of these other sort of nerdy historians and and finding a place for them to to tell what they're passionate about. It sounds like it's a growing business. I think so. (laughs) Well, it's also more people. What I find, uh, more people are coming into cities. We do see residents coming into cities. That's where you see all the the buildings in downtown. Uh, But I find millennials are not only interested in coming back to an urban setting, but they kind of want to know where they're living. I do find that a lot of these programmings, they are bringing in millennials. Our guest on the Historian's Podcast has been Maeve McEnany. Education and Heritage Coordinator at the Albany Visitor Center, I'm Bob Cudmore.